0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever podcast, not just about money. And it's my pleasure to introduce to you, if you don't already know this gentleman, Rick McElroy. He is a managing partner with Glenwood Financial Partners. And Rick, thank you for taking time for us today. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Bill. Great to be here. Let's start with some basics. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, first of all, family is the most important. So I'm married to Hargrave, my wife, for the last 45 years. I have three sons, twins that are age 40, and a 37 year old son, and six grandchildren at this point, five girls and one one grandson. We've been in Raleigh now since 1984, and I'm in this business because I love taking care of people. We love, what, like we like to say, we love what we do and who we do it for. But it's really about a comprehensive approach taking care of people, I originally practiced law for a good number of years, and I found a way to take those same sort of skills of advocacy, counsel, fiduciary duty, doing the right thing all the time, and and move it into the financial world. I had a a long history of financial people in my family, I mean, back as far as my great-great-grandfather even. So we had a lot of discussions about finances. This was not a new topic for me at all in my life, rather than sitting around the table talking about football a lot of times it was about stocks. I mean, back then it was stockbroker world. My dad was involved with investing money. So it was sort of a natural, but I found a way that I could actually get excited about. And that was a fee-based approach to investing money. Nothing wrong with stockbrokers. I just wasn't a salesman. I could not sell on a commission basis. That wasn't me. I could advise, however, and serve as an advocate and a counselor and get paid for that and just to do the right thing. So that's worked out really well.
0: Trust, integrity, doing the right thing. That's a sense of who you are. Could you just kind of expound on that?
1: Absolutely. Yes. I mean, there's no greater uh, gratification really than just seeing people once they recognize that you are doing what's right for them in every situation. I mean, you can say you're customized and you can say Your fiduciary, but until they see that, um, it it takes a while in some people. Some people get it right up front, but but just the I would just say just the personal gratification, which is just as fulfilling as the the money part. Of course, we need to make a living for our families, but if you're not realizing personal gratification from your work, then you're really missing out. I mean, for the rest of your life, you're not going to be gratified by what you're doing. So, I really sought a way I always have that I could be personally gratified by my work and and hopefully work a long time. I mean, I plan to be in this business still a long time. I unfortunately have a young partner, 20 years younger. He plans to be in it a really long time. So that's really how I feel about doing the right thing for people.
0: You know, you mentioned something quite interesting. You talked about vulnerable clients, something I wouldn't usually associate with people of wealth. Can you tell us a little more about that? Sure.
1: First of all, In my own life, of course, I recognize everybody's vulnerable in some way. I mean, let's face it, day to day, what we're dealing with. But it just so happens that we, in recognizing that, we also have one of our mission statements is that we aim to reduce fear. Now, fear doesn't mean actually the kind of fear that frightens necessarily, but just think about doubt, stress, you know, dealing with the unknowns. The future's always at some level of risk, and that's what we're trying to do is reduce that. And you can call those vulnerable points i mean when you're you know don't know the future don't have a crystal ball so i mean from that standpoint we think everyone no matter how wealthy they are have some vulnerable issues in their lives so and then then, then we have other clients of course that are truly meet that definition and that they have zero experience and they've come into sudden wealth and that's where you really see the visible vulnerability right off the bat because they may have had really nothing in terms of saved wealth and all of a sudden they could have multiple millions of dollars overnight. So that's where it really comes into play.
0: Do people trust you to just take the money and go? Where it's a big part of your job also educating clients?
1: Education is huge. You can imagine uh, a number of clients over the years. In fact, my longest relationship goes back to 1998. But there's a, that's a great, great example of a family comes in they had no experience never bought a plane ticket never rented a car i can't remember whether they ever had a bank account but it was that type of family and all of a sudden multiple millions of dollars and obviously could not be an overnight thing to gain their trust because they have to okay what we're doing even if they're you know willing to follow the lawyer's advice because those particular clients came from a lawyer referral but but you've got to go slowly and, and you got to educate slowly and you got to you got to let them know that you're not out to set any speed records you're just going to methodically get them educated to the point of taking the first steps
0: you know at the beginning of the podcast rick you mentioned something about fees commissions and could you explain that for someone who's going gosh you know where i'm at right now i'm getting charged a whole lot of money
1: we get paid one way and one way only, and we get paid a fee based on a percentage of the assets we manage. So every quarter, one quarter percent of whatever the value of an account is, one quarter of a percent is paid to us, which totals up, obviously, to a one percent a year, but it's based on different values. You know, Each quarter, the valuation determines how much one quarter of a percent is. Now, when we get to larger clients, that fee comes down some because we have you know some breakpoints, but that's basically the fee. But, but what that does for us is gives us just an absolutely objective point of view, doing the right thing. We're sitting on the same side of the table, if you will, with the clients. We're getting paid. We could do 100 transactions in a day. We're not getting paid for that. We could do zero transactions in a day. We're not getting paid for that. Our purpose in life is to build portfolios that last build them methodically, customized to the specific needs. We don't really have any two portfolios that are exactly the same. I mean, we're truly building portfolios one at a time, but the pay is simple. There is no pay. There's no sharing of fees with anybody else. It's just basically a percent a year or less. And that explains it right there.
0: The title of the podcast is Not Just Money. Let's go back to that for just a moment because money ultimately is just really worthless unless it's spent on something and that's what is that is that goals is that dreams what is it that you're ultimately trying to achieve
1: well bill my own signature line uh on my email says it's not just money it includes values traditions knowledge memories and so much more so you know what people are dealing with every day particularly if they're well off financially is is really not so much the money is it's of course how they're going to use it um who's going to get it is it a charity is it their errors um, you know a lot of issues that have nothing to do with the money uh, once they realize that we're doing the best we possibly can for them But, but you know their wealth truly is and does involve a lot of other things so so we approach it that way
0: how complex is the laws the regulations that you have to pay attention to that someone really can't
1: do well fortunately um as long as we are acting on the client in the client's best interest at all times um, our, our regulatory sort of oversight is is there always but if you're doing the right thing you just don't have a lot of worries and we don't have any stress about what we're doing as long as we're doing the right thing all the time so as long as we're that that's pretty much our role as long as we're doing the best thing that we can for each client um, I would say we get more into when you really have customized relationships you're dealing with some of the issues like taxation um, You know, most investors these days are getting less and less attention paid to their own taxation. But when you're actually managing portfolios and you're building them bit by bit, we're controlling the taxation um, so that we know that if we sell a stock and it's going to create a tax burden, we need to contact the client. Or we know that we've got some losses to offset gains, but those kind of specifics. As far as our regulation, yes, we're absolutely under the Securities and Exchange Commission. They are our overseers. We have a compliance office, a compliance team. The legalities are certainly in place. They're strict. We don't see those as any kind of a hurdle for us. We just do that comply with those naturally. We know what we need to be doing there, and that's what we do.
0: What advice would you give those folks who are listening right now? What kinds of questions or tips would you advise them they should be asking? Sure, Bill.
1: Let's just start with uh, one of the basics. That is, ask plenty of questions. There are no dumb questions. Never be intimidated about not knowing a term or not understanding. You, you know, It's your money, and you need to know exactly why um, actions are being taken you know so that's that's number one next would be a relationship philosophy um, differences to look at um, you know some relationships are basically executing transactions or maybe there are the relationships that are fiduciaries who are engaged in more of a financial life management role and so you just need to know do you Which do you prefer? And and what are are those costs? You'll learn those costs that are different. But there's such a big difference between those two roles, and they're both available. Investment execution. Now, who is actually making the decisions on your behalf? More and more of the world now is going to outsource decisions, um, to model portfolios, where um, investments decisions are being made for hundreds, if not thousands, of people who are in the same Portfolio, you know things like mutual funds, for example, or annuities, and their model portfolios. As opposed to that, uh, a fiduciary could be in-house, hands-on, controlling the investments, controlling the taxation issues, and you just need to understand what you want and and understand. Be, feel free to ask questions to investigate these things. Next, you know, always the feature of fees and costs. Um, fees, you know, are one thing. That's those are stated. Sometimes you have to look them up. But in mutual funds, for example, the um, expense ratio would be you can find those online for most mutual funds any mutual fund um, what that's the total cost of the managers of the fund the management the fees and annuities are a little bit more problematic for me at least um, as far as understanding all of them but you know they have fees and each feature of a of an annuity has a fee at least in my experience then we got costs costs are things that you know they're not a fee but they're out lost opportunities or they're unexpected costs for example in a mutual funds, they typically, um, not every year, but they, they have what's called capital gains distributions. That would create a gain for you even though you didn't do anything, you didn't sell anything. But capital gains distributions definitely have an impact at tax time. So you need to be aware of those and ask about those. Uh, loss opportunity costs on annuities could be, uh, for example, if you have a floor, let's just say your annuity contract doesn't allow any losses. It protects you from any losses in any given year. Every contract I've seen that did that also limited your upside potential by a lot. That doesn't mean it's wrong for you. It just means you need to know what's going on there. And otherwise, I would just say in general, back to what I said at the beginning, never be afraid to ask questions. It's your money, and you just need to know the reasons for what they're doing on your behalf. Remember always, it's not just about money.
0: Rick, what's the best way to get a hold of you?
1: The best way is to call our office. That would be 919-268-4100. Uh, you can also go online to uh, glenwoodfinancialpartners.com, and there's a an email portal there. Um, you can email me direct at rick at GlenwoodFP. That's F as in Frank, P as in Paulette, like Glenwood Financial Partners. So rick at com. and those would be the easiest ways.
0: Rick, what a pleasure. So nice for you to take time with us today, and I can't wait for podcast number two.
1: Well, this has been a great to do my first one. Get it in the books, as they say. Okay. There you, you go.
0: And the website, again, is glenwoodfinancialpartners.com. That's glenwoodfinancialpartners.com. We'll talk again soon. Thank you, Bill.